continue our daily Bible reading for today. We're in First Chronicles now. We're in chapter 22. Having coming, coming off of uh, David's uh, great sin uh, against God and then uh, God confronting David and David turning back to God and repenting to God and offering up sacrifices to God and recognizing that, that there's a payment for sin, there's a price for sin. Uh, you and I uh, live under the grace of God because that price is paid for us by Jesus. Uh, but we never take for granted that forgiveness or assume it. It's something that's easy. Um, just responded this morning to someone talking about forgiving someone else. Uh, uh, it was uh, on Facebook this morning. And it just reminds us we, we forget that when we're called to forgive someone else that we think in some way we, we've had to purchase that forgiveness. Yes, uh, when, when others sin against us, it hurts us. It's, uh, it's a hard thing for us to go through. But when we offer forgiveness to them and we, we finally do get to that point where we forgive them, which we ought to do, that forgiveness didn't cost us a thing. That forgiveness cost Jesus Christ his very life, uh, his going through hell on our behalf. We're not given anything that we bought. We're simply being, reminding ourselves that God has forgiven us much. Um, he's done it graciously. We don't have to pay him back. Uh, it cost him a heck of a lot for in, in, in order for him to win that forgiveness. Um, and, and any price that we've had to pay, uh, though it may be great, and, and I'm not uh, making light of that, that, that oftentimes when people sin against us, it hurts us a lot, but nothing compared to what it hurt Christ and, and what he wants us to do. And, and what he pleads for us is to have peace. And the only way we have peace is to forgive, i.e. to let it go. If there needs to be, um, if there needs to be uh, revenge, God says, leave that up to me. I'll take care of that. He doesn't say he's just going to sweep it under the table and forget about it. No, he's going to take care of that revenge. Um, but rather than us dragging around and, and us uh, causing us to sin more in that we take revenge and we don't act in, uh, in God-pleasing kinds of ways, he says, uh, forgive. So um, and now we come to, again, David uh, reminding uh, Solomon and getting Solomon ready to build that temple. And I guess you got to step back for a second and say, well, uh, here, here's the important thing is it, it's about building the temple. It's about building something for God and more importantly for us, for their God's people to be able to come and to uh, uh, plead for God's mercy and his grace and receive the forgiveness. That's what happens at the temple. Um, at first when I was reading this, I thought, boy, it's a, a whole lot about living in a temple, but at least it's about, not about Solomon saying, hey, I need you need a big castle for yourself um, so that you look good and kind of be a heady thing for him. No, it's about building the temple so that the people have a place to go to uh, when they sin too. And that's what the temple is all about. Um, not that God is located to one place. And uh, you know, as we continue to go through First and Second Chronicles, you'll see that Solomon will admit at the dedication of the temple, like God, we can contain you to a building. No, fortunately not. That was the beauty of the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant that they would carry with them because it reminded them that God was with them no matter where they went. Uh, but the building of the temple was uh, something to show that they really treasured what God had given to them and uh, they were going to give God their uh, their best. So uh, it starts out that in verse 2 in verse chapter 22 of 1st Chronicles, David commanded together together the residential aliens who were in the land of Israel. They were going to be the stone cutters, David said. 
Um, and uh, David says then in, in verse 6, he says, then I called for Solomon, or then he called for Solomon, his son, and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed my, much blood and have wa waged great wars. Now that's always been a, a little bit of a, a challenge for me to try to get wrap my brains around that. Um, but maybe it's just to say uh, that we are to provide for generations that come before. If David hadn't fought those battles, they wouldn't have the peace that Solomon's going to be able to uh, uh, benefit from. In fact, that name Solomon actually comes from, probably comes from the word shalom, which means peace. Uh, David's going to have to fight all these battles to prepare his son for that. But isn't that what we do as parents? Is we're supposed to prepare the way for our children. My parents did that for me as they brought me up in the faith and taught me about uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And now I'm I'm called to pass that on to the next generation. I'm thinking of the Deuteronomy passage where it says, uh, "When your uh, parents, when you train up your children, talk about this faith. When you walk along the road, when you lay your head down at night, when you sit down at a meal, um, all these things you need to make sure you pass." that along and David's doing that too um, and he even acknowledges that in um, in verse 9 where he says for his name shall be Solomon and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days that's uh, David quoting God's uh, word to, to David uh, or to Solomon too and reminding him what his name means and then he charges him he says um, uh, he shall be my son and I will be his father and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. That's David or that's God talking to Solomon. And, and uh, what it is, is his promise that through his line to the line of David and now Solomon, God is going to ra raise up a king, a royal throne in Israel forever. Now, that's not going to be Solomon because if you read ahead, you know that his kingdom doesn't last forever. David's didn't last forever. No earthly kingdom lasts forever. Only God's does. But then I find it interesting what David tells him to do. He says, only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding that when he gives you charge over Israel, you may do what? Now listen to this. Keep the law of the Lord your God. That's the Ten Commandments. That's observing what God, everything that God tells you to do. Um, he says uh, later on, observe the statutes and rules. Um, and here's where you got to rethink about that. God's rules, um, uh, unlike sometimes the rules we have today, which are just kind of, you know, us throwing around our authority. God only gives those rules because he knows that they're in our best interest. He gives them to us because he loves us and, and we need those guidelines. Um, and then he says at the end of the chapter, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Um, unfortunately, Solomon's not going to do that. Later on in his life, Solomon is going to go following after other lords and gods, small l, small g, and they're going to get him in trouble. Um, we pray that by the grace of God, he got right with God. He confessed those sins too. Uh, but his sin is a sin of breaking the first commandment. Now, David um, who scripture calls a man after his own heart. Not to say that he's any better. David never went after other gods. He just simply made himself God in being making selfish decisions such as what he did when he took Bathsheba into his, into his home, committed adultery with her, and then uh, committed murder against her husband. Uh, but he repented too and came back to the uh, to the Lord. Uh, but David here gives us a good example of what we need to follow to consider con to continue to seek the Lord. Look at what he's taught us. That's why we're in the word right now so that we can seek the Lord and, and we keep our hearts set uh, on him. So God bless you as you continue to read in First Chronicles 22.